Hi friends, Erica here, and I wanted to let you know that today's episode is sponsored by my friends over at YM Dental Lab. They are offering two free zirconia crowns for all new customers. Check them out at ymdentallaboratory.com for more information. Now, on with the show. I'm going to have my best summer yet in a new Honda because Honda's lineup is hotter than ever. Have you seen the Honda Passport? It's perfect for any season with all-wheel drive. And the turbocharged Civic is ready to take on the open road. And with the all-new HRV crossover, you'll find adventure around every corner. This summer, turn up the heat with Honda's hot lineup of vehicles. New models are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and reserve your new Honda today. Hey there, welcome back to another training. And in this training, we are going to be talking about the history of dental billing. So the history of dental billing is important for us to understand because it's it's almost like things have not changed much. And um, the first point in the timeline starts back in 1954. Um, some will debate that that started a little earlier than that, but um, we have found that the first dental insurance plan introduced to us was back in 1954. Now, back in 1954, this was not or this insurance company did not have a name until 1960. And the first insurance company that um, became familiar to us was or is Delta Dental. So um, if you're new to dentistry, you're gonna get very familiar with Delta Dental. And for those of you that have been in dentistry, you know that Delta Dental is one of the biggest in the industry. Now, uh, back in the 1960s, the reason why we introduced a name um, and then later an annual maximum was because we were then now starting to move into controlling cost. So annual maximums were not introduced to uh, ins the insurance game until the 1970s. And so backing up to the 60s, um, dental insurance actually functioned like insurance, um, whereas it would receive a claim and pay the claim, very much like medical insurance functions today. An example of that, um, that I like to share with, with people when I'm doing a training, is if you were to walk into a dental office and with five missing teeth and, um, and ask for all five to be covered by your insurance plan, the way dental insurance worked back then um, they would cover all five teeth to be uh, replaced or a bridge or whatever the doctor had felt was necessary to treat that, um, to, to treat those missing teeth. However, the way dental insurance operates today is not like that. The way dental insurance operates today is we have plan limitations, frequency limitations, things like that, that limit our doctor's ability to treat uh, whatever it is our patients have, um, same day or in a certain time frame. So let's let's put all of that into perspective. So let's just say that you walk into the emergency room and instead of missing teeth, you are missing all five fingers. Um, traditionally, the insurance plan, medical insurance, is going to go ahead and pay 
the surgeon to go ahead and, and, and replace all of your five fingers or reattach them. Uh, however, if it were, if medical insurance functioned more like dental insurance, it would sound something more along the lines of, we can replace your thumb today, um, but then you will not have any benefits left over. So we can replace your index finger next year and the next finger the following year. And it's gonna take about five years for your insurance to cover all five fingers. That's the difference between dental insurance and medical insurance. So when, we received these annual maximum caps um, to our patients' insurance plans, it then limited our ability to um, render treatment covered by the plan. So that's the difference between medical and dental. And that happened back in the 70s to help control cost. Now, it was taken to another level um, to control cost in the 80s when dental HMOs, more commonly known as DMOs or DHMOs, were introduced to dentistry. And this is another type of plan that places even more limitations on the patient and the provider, being that the patient can no longer go to any provider that they see fit or they are comfortable with for that, for that matter, they now have to go to an assigned provider. So that was introduced to dentistry back in the 80s um, and still a part of our game today. Uh, back in the day, patients typically paid for their dental treatment upfront. This was called fee-for-service and they were in, uh, reimbursed by the dental plan. And so what that meant was um, dental offices were submitting claims on behalf of the patient. So a lot of times you'll see a plaque in a dental office that says, um, we bill your insurance as a courtesy. And that was true back when that was uh, the name of the game in dentistry. We would bill your insurance, uh, you would pay for services upfront or the patient would pay for the services upfront. And then we would bill as a courtesy. That is no longer the case because as of the 90s, when we moved into the 90s, it was estimated that about 65% of all dental offices were run by PPO plans or these DMO plans, meaning that insurance is now the driving force in their practice. So if we have a plaque in the waiting room that says we bill as a courtesy, please don't lie to your patients because that's not the case. We bill because it is a source of survival. It is how we survive um, as we navigate through all of this red tape that these insurance plans place on our practices. So make sure that you understand that A, if you are working for a fee-for-service office, um, then yes, you are billing the patient up front. And, and by the way, the patient is paying the full UCR fee. So they're paying your full fee up front and you are going to submit a dental claim on behalf of the patient. And so that means that the check is actually gonna go to the patient or to the subscriber and they will be reimbursed whatever the insurance covers. Now, if you are like most other dental practices today, in today's dental market, today's dental economy, most offices are contracted with, uh, I think the study said about 86% of offices are contracted typically with 
14 different PPOs. And now what I have found in my experience as a billing coach and, and, and analyzing tons of uh, billing departments, I can tell you that of the 14 that most offices are contracted with, only about four to five of those contracts drive the practice income. So, um, you know, as we analyze or as we examine together the history of dental billing, you can see how things have evolved and the game has completely changed and we are no longer doing things as a courtesy unless you are um, one of the very few living fee-for-service offices out there. If you are, my hat's off to you because it is very hard in today's economy, in today's dental economy, to be a fee-for-service office. You do have to be positioned in a certain demographic. Um, your area uh, median income needs to be a certain uh, certain level. Is typically not going to work in um, a sixty thousand dollar household median income um, area. So, just wanted to run you through what the history of dental billing looks like and where we are today. This is gonna give you some perspective as to you know, why we do things the way we do. And super important to understand that as we get further into this insurance game, more and more offices are gonna be controlled by PPO plans or run by PPO plans. And all of that contract language all of that red tape that is incorporated into these contracts that our doctors are signing, um, really important for us to understand things like their payment processing policies, your patients um, plan benefit documents, and we need to understand um, the language that they're using in order to process claims. Um, you know, and so again, want to point out the difference between. Uh, the history of billing back then and the history and the, the billing game today so that we understand as billers um, more and more important for us to be mindful of things like how long our claims are sitting in our account receivable report that is referred to as days in AR. Um, we need to be more mindful of slow paying insurance plans um, because those are typically going to be the self-funded plans that we want to weed out of our um, insurance profile. So I'm going to go into a lot more details uh, regarding self-funded versus uh, fully insured or commercial plans, days in AR, and all of that good stuff in, an upcoming, in upcoming trainings. But today's training was really just to give you um, an example um, of how we started the billing game back in the 50s and what it has evolved into today, which is, in my opinion, a cat and mouse game. Um, we are constantly trying to stay two steps ahead of the insurance companies. And uh, one rule of thumb that I live by when I am submitting a claim, uh, because the game has changed and evolved so much um, with all of this red tape that they continue to add into um, their contracts is I anticipate the denial. So prior to submitting a claim, I always try and look at the claim package that I put together 
and anticipate any possibility, any area that they could look at and, and deny. So um, know that we started with a simple billing process back in the 50s. It got a little more complicated in the 80s. And then in the 90s, it just took off into Red Tape City. So now that you understand where we're going and it's going to continue to get, they're going to continue to add more and more red tape. Um, we need to stay on top of our game and be two steps ahead of the insurance plans when we are submitting a claim. So again, always, always, always anticipate that denial. All right, my friends, that was a short training, but I wanted to make sure that you understand the history of dental billing, where it's been, where it's going, and how to anticipate that denial. So look for that training in your, uh, in your series of training videos. I will see you in the next training. We are always celebrating something in summer. Weddings, birthdays, showers, graduations, Wednesdays, the list goes on. And finding the perfect gift for those celebrations can be tough. Or at least it was. Because now there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the largest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then send them to that special someone in under 60 minutes. Or scheduled up to two weeks in advance. It's basically the ultimate gifting cheat code, because drinks are basically the ultimate gift. Think about it. When's the last time you returned alcohol? Never? Exactly. So if you're looking to spend more time celebrating and less time gift shopping, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com to find their favorite drinks without breaking the bank today. Babe, there's something different about my mango pineapple smoothie. Really? My caramel frappe tastes fine. Nah, something's definitely different. No difference? Other than I got them for half off because I ordered on the app. Well, that explains it. Explains what? How things seem to taste so much better when you're getting a sweet deal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right now at Mickey D's, get 50% off any size McCafe beverage when you order through the McDonald's app. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Follow one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Okay, my friends, that's going to wrap up today's episode on the Dental Billing Podcast. I can't wait until the next episode, and I hope that you join me. Until then, take care. <laughs>